0: morning Saints morning sinners and choir I want to just say a a brief thank you for allowing me to be gone last week Um, for those of you that didn't know I was uh, taking Kelly's ashes up to the mountains of North Carolina and um, we're, we're spreading them and so I appreciate your grace In fact, the grace that you have shown me uh, the last four or five months, I'm overwhelmed. Um, And this this church just means the world to me. So thank you. Thank you very much. We're going to start first with the answer to the question. We're going to start with the answer to the question. And the answer is this. Behind, beside, within. For those of you with short memory, once again, behind, beside, within. That's the answer to the question we are going to unpack the rest of this worship. Our text this morning from the book of Romans comes from Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Um, and as, if you have your Bible with you, as you look at that text, you're going to need to slide your finger back up backwards a bit um, because Romans 5 begins with one of those words that makes you stop. It begins with the word, therefore. So in order to make the text make any sense, we have to go see what, therefore What? And we have to go back and understand. So, therefore, what, what, what exactly is Paul talking about? Well, Paul is in the midst of putting together his biblical argument that people are made right with God through a very simple process of faith. Paul cites the, in, in Romans 4, the progenitor of the covenant people of God, the Hebrews, and he's talking about Abraham. And though Abraham, ancient of days, older older than the son, same with his wife Sarah, very, very old. They were well up there in years. And they were infertile. And they didn't have any children. And God said, Abraham, you're going to have a boy. And he is going to be a part of a great nation. Now, Abraham, he believed. He took God at God's Word. And Abraham's faith was validated and affirmed by God, by the giving of that child, because Abraham believed in something he could not see. And because he could uh, believe in that which he could not see and professed it, God made him right. With the Almighty. This is what Paul is talking about when he means Abraham's faith was counted as him uh, as righteousness. It means holiness. That's all righteousness means is holy, to be set apart. And to be justified by faith, to be made right with God. That's what we're getting into today. Romans 5. Verses 1 through 5. Hear the word of the Lord. Listen up, church. Therefore, since we are justified, that is, made right with God by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. And we boast in our hope of sharing the very glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings. Knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, character produces hope, and hope doesn't disappoint. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Friends, this is the Word of the Lord. Behind, beside, within. This is a beautiful capsulization of the entire gospel message that Paul has given us today. Paul is telling the church that since we believe through our faith in Jesus' birth, life, death, and resurrection, since we believe and have that faith, we are made right with God. We have been reconciled, rejoined, reconnected, re-ligamented to the source of life. The broken relationship with the Holy made possible by Adam and Eve has now been repaired and restored through Jesus' graceful actions. Our faith that Jesus did what we read and what we hear about restores us. It makes us, it makes the church... Right, whole, connected to God. It's simple. But it's right here where you need to lean into it a little bit and listen a little carefully. It is simple. But Paul does not say that result, the result of faith in Jesus And being made right with God is going to result with our personal salvation and gives us access to eternal life, per se. No, Paul doesn't even mention that. Paul places the benefits of faith and the repercussions of professing faith in a much more present, dare I say, practical moment in the now. He reminds us, beloved, that our faith in God through Jesus Christ immediately, immediately gives us a gift. Did you hear it? What the gift was? Peacefulness. Peacefulness. It's not that we have salvation. It's not that we get eternal life. That's all about us. But God gives us, because the church, peacefulness. Now, we tend to think of peace as a cessation of aggression or hostilities between people or nations. But it's so much more than that. The biblical word for peace The biblical word for peace that is used in Scripture today is a noun. It is not a verb. It does not describe peaceful actions or behaviors. Instead, as a noun, peace describes the state of the way things are. Peace describes the position or state in which the Christian who has professed one's faith looks at and views God and looks at each other in the world. It gives us a standpoint. It gives us a place to plant ourselves and relate to the world in a certain way. Beloved, peace determines... As we look at the world, where we go, how we go, who we love, how do we care for God? How do I care for neighbor? Think of it this way. Have you ever worked on a complex math problem? I'm looking at all these youth up here, and I know y'all have in school. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she used to be a math teacher, professor, yeah, little brains. I couldn't do this. You remember these kind of questions? Okay, let me see if this makes sense to you guys. Here's one of those questions. It's Jane is riding on a train to Chicago. and she has 399 miles to go before she gets there now in the meantime bobby bobby he passes jane going east at 73 miles per hour the question becomes how far will bobby's train go by the time Jane gets to Chicago, figure it out amongst yourselves. <laughs> I mean, did you all ever have that kind of stuff? Man, I, I, always, I just clammed up. I, I, I used to get real tight, and I'd look over next to me, and, and there was Marianne, and, and she was just over there going, and I'm sitting here, Jane, and 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 She's done. <laughs> She's done. And, and she puts down her pencil and she kind of sits there very <sighs> at peace. Smug. She got it figured out. And because she's got it figured out, it changes the way she relates to the class. I hadn't figured it out. And I related to the class with a lot of anxiety and angst because those kind of problems, oh, it's just messed with my head. Mary Ann possessed peace. I don't think I ever lived in peace in a peaceful state throughout high school. <laughs> Work. See, that's what peace is Paul. The Paul that is talking about it's a peacefulness, it's a, it's a relaxedness, it's a state of the way we look at things because all the problems have been solved. When we have faith in Jesus, in his salvific work, we are given a gift, and it's a gift called. Peace. where we experience life with a non-anxious attitude. We experience life with a non-anxious outlook that we realize God's in control. I don't have to be. We know the equation has already been figured out and solved. Beloved, the gift of life from Jesus is a gift that enables you and me to look at life from a state, a standpoint of confidence as opposed to fear. We live in God's peacefulness, and that means we're able to live non-anxiously, relaxed, confident, knowing that nothing in the created order or in the spiritual realm can separate us from the love and the presence of God in Jesus. God has already solved the equation so we don't have to, beloved, which enables us to sit back and look and experience the gift in the world through the gift we've been given. Oh, the preacher. Come on, dude. That's so much easier than done. I, as the preacher, will immediately reply, Amen, brother. Amen, sister. Didn't say it was easy. You see, my friends, this is the second part of our Scripture today. That's why it's important for us to understand the second part of our scripture. Peace is given us as a gift for our faith in Jesus, that a life and faith that Jesus made possible. We've been made right with God through Jesus' is being born, living, dying, and rising again. Jesus has set the stage for us. Jesus faced his accusers. And all that hostility. Jesus faced unjust systems and called those systems out. Whether it's economic, social, or religious, or political. And just as Jesus had to endure those sufferings, those pains, the betrayal, those sufferings produced Endurance. Because Jesus had faith in His God, He faced all of those sufferings and pains and hostilities from a standpoint of peacefulness. It's the way He looked at the world. It's the way He encountered the crud that's thrown into His life. It's the kind of thing that made Jesus Pray through the bloody prayer in Gethsemane that night he was betrayed and go to the cross. He didn't want to go, but he looked at the bigger picture through the lens of peace. This is what gives the Apostle Paul the audacity to even write in verse 3 that the church, that is, Christians, we can boast in what? Did you see that part? We can boast in our suffering. Now, why, Paul, would you put a strange thing like that in the text? You know, what's going good with Jesus and faith. It's simple, and we get peacefulness, and then all of a sudden we get to boast in suffering, our suffering. King James Version has it. We glory in our tribulations. Yeah. Yeah. Now think about it for a moment. What does it mean to glory something? It means to be overwhelmed by. It, 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 it means to be just... It means your eyes are open, your mouth drops, and you struggle to produce words. You're just... Oh. To glory is to give joy. To glory is to express one's deepest heart with a sense of, oh my goodness, it doesn't get better than this. You see, Paul isn't saying that we are to glory and revel in our sufferings. Paul is telling us rather that we are to revel in the midst of our suffering, our pain, in spite of all the suffering and pain we've had to endure because God has already solved the equation. Because we know that God has already solved this issue of suffering through Jesus. And because of that, we can live our current life differently we can live our life current life in the midst of suffering and hardship because as the heidelberg catechism says which we just said god watches me in such a way that not a hair can fall from my head without the will of my father in heaven in fact all things must work together for my salvation Paul tells you and me that we can boast and revel in our hope as well as in our sufferings because our sufferings help us to build strength and endurance to cope with those struggles. Just like Jesus had endurance to get through His we are reminded that the more we endure, the more that we, 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 we build that strength of endurance, our character grows. Our character grows. It adapts and becomes stronger, more like Christ. As we confidently rely on God in our pain and sufferings, the more we can endure those hardships. And the next thing we know, through that endurance our very character as a man and woman of God is being shaped and molded by the hands of the Almighty. And because of that we begin to look at the world, look at each other, look at God, look at neighbor in a whole different standpoint, from a whole different standpoint dies. God is in control. I don't have to be. You don't have to be. God has solved the equation. And that means the tone and tenor of your life, my life, is going to be different. It's going to change into the character of Christ. Today is Trinity Sunday. I bet you didn't know that. Did you know that? Did you all know that? Trinity Sunday. It's the first Sunday after Pentecost every single year. And Trinity Sunday is the day when the worldwide church remembers that we are a people who believe God manifests God's self as a loving Father. Created by standing behind us. That is a God who is a real human being and the man of Jesus walking beside us holding our hand and lives with us this very moment right here because of the Holy Spirit who sets up shop in our heart. Wow. If that's not a solved equation to life's problems and issues, I don't know what is. Friends, what illness ails you? What disappointments haunt you? What broken dreams vex you? Whatever they are, whatever they are, live in the present current moment, receiving that gift of faith in Jesus, which Paul says is peace a way of engaging the world in God. It's a peace knowing that you, that you know that God, the Almighty Maker of heaven and earth, walks behind you, walks beside you in Jesus holding your hand, and lives within you. And helps you revel in the suffering. Behind, beside, within. Think about that next time. You were bewildered. When you were confronted with bad news. When you look up to the sky and say, God, what gives? Quietly remember when that happens. God, behind, beside, within. And I promise, you'll get through it. The church will get through it. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Pray with me. Holy One of God, we give you thanks for this day. Lord, we thank You for the gift of the Trinity. That wonderful example of the three persons of the Trinity dancing and moving and working together within each of our lives, behind, beside, and within. O oh, Lord, help us to open that gift of peace that our faith provides And from that standpoint and gift of peace, we know that we know that we know. You got us. We're going to be okay. And all of God's people said, let's stand and sing with joy.